Thank you, Stan. Great for the team, the band, the singers. Thank you so much once again. I think sometimes we just kind of take them for granted, and they do a lot of work, and they bless us each Sunday. Let's give them another hand. Amen. I want to give a shout-out this morning as we begin. He, he watches live stream each Sunday. A fellow by the name, some of you old-timers might know, Tim Steinmeier. And Tim has been diagnosed with liver cancer, and uh, he's up north, he's, and uh, they're trying to put together a, a, an act of some kind of plan. And so just remember Tim, if you would, and I know that it would mean a lot to him. The title of my message this morning is, There Are Times We Just Need to Be Quiet and Trust Him. Amen. There are times we need to just be quiet and trust Him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 are very simple. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Those are great verses. Another great verse, Psalm, uh, Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Now that's the part I want you to see. Be still and know that I am God. It doesn't mean to stop moving. It doesn't mean you have to shut your mouth. That's not what it's talking about. It just means that in our storms, our trials, our troubles that we do go through, we don't try to control the circumstances. We don't try to control the outcome. We do that too much, don't we? And so God says, I want you to stop all of that. What I want you to do is I want you to relax. I want you to be quiet. I want you to put your hands down beside you and trust and believe me that I will be working in your trouble and in your trials. Somebody says, well, how, how can a person do something like that? Well, it's because we know something. We know that God, he is faithful. Amen? Deuteronomy 7 says, he is God, the faithful God. Isaiah 49 the Lord that is faithful. First uh, Thessalonians 5.24, faithful is he that calleth you. Hebrews 10.23, he is faithful that promised. That's why we can trust him. Truth is, God alone is 100% faithful and 100% of the time. <laughs> we live in a world, by the way, right now of broken promises and half-truths if we get half that truth. We've learned a lot since the pandemic and COVID and all those things from our government, from our politicians, from our media, from the bosses, even in life itself, people breaking their marriage vows and things, broken promises constantly. But, you know, that's not with God. Numbers 23, 29 says this, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? <laughs> God's not like us. He doesn't lie. He just tells the truth. Titus 1-2 says this, In hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. We can trust him and take him at his word. Now we know this, every word he says is true. In the Hebrew, it has the idea of stability, certainty. In the English, 
the word true, it actually means amen. It's certain, absolutely true. Everything God says and does is certain. His word is 100% reliable. God says what he means and he means what he says he will do. That's what he will do. And he will not turn from that. He will not falter. And as a result of that, we can stake our life, our souls, our plans, our storms upon what he says and promises us. In the Old Testament, it says in Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10, Remember the former things of old, for I am God. There is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from the ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. That's what he said to the people of Israel. Paul says it similar in 2 Timothy. He says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Thank God we have a God. Not only are we committed to him, but he's committed to us. Every promise he's made will be kept. It states in 2 Corinthians 1.20, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. You can trust what he says in his Bible and what he promises us as believers in this dispensation of grace. God's given us promises that cover just about every circumstance of life. We know that. One of my favorite verses is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things, now get this, that pertain unto life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge, his word, of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. All the knowledge that we need for the circumstances of our life can be found in the word of God. And the wonderful thing, it's not just a one-time deal. It's throughout our whole life, from the beginning to the end. He says in Philippians 1, 6, he says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He said, I just want you to know something. Yeah, I've started a good work in you, but I'm not done with you. I'm going to be there with you every step of the way. You can count on me. That's why you can be still and know that he is God. He states this in Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the beginner, the originator, and the finisher, the one who closes the deal. He's the one from the beginning of our salvation to the ending of our salvation and everything between that. God is there for us. Every trial we face, he's there for us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, you know it well. There hath no temptation or trial taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape 
that you may be able to bear it. And if you want to know what the escape is, you go to the Word of God. And he gives the answer to help you escape that trial. He's faithful at doing that. I've given this list, but I, I like it. it. It's good for us to remember this because a lot of bad things have happened of late in society. And uh, evil things have taken place. And uh, sometimes we step back and say, why? Just always remember the reasons for these things. Sometimes they're from our own doings, right? Uh, we reap what we sow. Sometimes from living in a fallen world. We live in an evil world system. And the God of this world is in control of this world. He doesn't own it, but he controls it right now. One day that will be taken away from him. We know that, but in the meantime, God says, I've delivered you from this present evil world. And then sometimes it's from attacks from Satan. Satan is real. His workers are real. Sometimes from desertion of other believers. You know, you make friends and you get going and all of a sudden they drop away from God. And it breaks your heart, doesn't it? Paul experienced that often. 2 Timothy 4.10, he says this here. For Demoth hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. You know, Demas used to work with him. They were in a ministry together. Then all of a sudden, he goes back to the world. You know how that made Paul feel, how discouraging and disappointing and hurtful that is. We have brothers and sisters who no longer walk with us. They're back in the world, and it breaks your heart, doesn't it? Sometimes we experience trouble from natural disasters and politicians. Politicians have a way <laughs> to discourage us <laughs> and give us very, very little hope. And then from physical afflictions. You know, our body, the moment it was born, began to die. Our body's on a downward spiral. I mean, that's just the fact of life, and we know that. Then also from losing loved ones. That hurts. But yet as a believer, we believe 2 Corinthians 5, 8. That says, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We know when they're absent from the body, they're present with the Lord. Thank God for that hope we have. And then also from our own testimony in Christ. I'm sure... Most of you have realized that our country is becoming anti-Christ. Our country is becoming anti-Christians. And when we, as Christians, try to live for the Lord, that's contrary to the drumbeat of our society. Paul says this in 2 Timothy 3.12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you live for Christ, you're going to have to put up with some things. Can you imagine the days Paul lived in with Caesar, Nero, these crazy people? But yet he lived through it. Remember this, that trials and difficulties that come upon us also tell a story about God. It's not just about us. It's also about God. It wasn't just about Job. It was going on what, between, what was going on between God and Satan. You remember that? 
So it's not always just about us. And God says to us, listen, I want you to just relax in your trouble now. I want you to be quiet. I want you to get to know me in your storm. I want you to learn how through this valley to trust me. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. That's pretty good, isn't it? Paul says it this way in 2 Timothy. He says, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and, I w and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to, flip it on over, guys, whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Out of every evil thing against us. So our God, he is faithful. And he uses our trials, he uses our troubles to teach us, to help us, even to correct us. When you're going through trials, you, real, you realize some things. Trouble shows our frailty. Too often we kind of get puffed up and self-sufficient. And somehow we begin to forget God. The God who's the one who blessed us to get what we have in the first place. Amen? There was a man bitten by a rattlesnake. And he's in the hospital. And the pastor hurries up there. He said, oh, pastor, pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I promise if I, if I, if I get better, I'll be at church. I'll be more faithful. Pray for me. And the pastor did. A few days later, a pastor went up to see him again. He was sitting up. He was doing great. The pastor said, well, I hope to see you Sunday." He said, well, no, I got some other things to do and all that. The pastor said, oh, okay. He said, listen, I'll, I'll close here in a prayer and I'll leave. And he said, God, send some more rattlesnakes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we get too big for our britches sometimes, don't we? So sometimes God sends or sometimes God permits trials or troubles to come into our life. They get our attention. They humble us. They show our weaknesses. And God says, listen, you remember me? <laughs> huh? Do you remember me at all? I want you just to relax. I want to show you who your God truly is. And it's in those troubled times we truly learn who he is, if we look to him. Christ said this, I'm the one who makes visible to man God and visible as a man. Christ said, I'm the one who was with God at creation and who was the God of creation. I'm the one by whom, for whom, through whom everything was created. I'm the one who hung the stars in space and sustains the universe today. I'm the one who formed man and breathed our own life into him. I'm the creator, the living word, the long-awaited Messiah, the Jehovah God of the Old Testament. I'm the redeemer of Israel, the savior of the world. I'm the son of God making me equal with God the Father and God the Son. I'm the Lamb of God. 
I'm the sacrifice for all your sins. I'm the one who went to the cross just for you. That's me. I'm the head of the body of Christ. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Satan tried to tempt him, but he couldn't trip him. Pilate placed him on trial, but he couldn't find fault with him. The Romans crucified him, but they couldn't take his life without his permission. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. He's indestructible, indescribable, incomprehensible, inescapable, invincible, irresistible, irrefutable. He's God. And he says, listen, I want you to be still and know that I am your God. We might be frail ourselves, but he's not. Amen. Troubles show our frailties. Troubles help us to have a better intimacy with God. The moment we get in a trial, some, we say, oh, God, I need you. I need you. But by doing that, you begin to draw closer to him in your intimacy with Almighty God. It was when David was in trouble, that's when he repented. And he said, Lord, return unto me the joy of thy salvation. But it was his trouble that caused him to cry out to God. I've told the story of the little boys had a little boat along the edge of the water and the waves kind of took it away from them and they started crying. This man walks up and he sees them crying. He looked at the circumstances. He knew what was going on. He picked up some rocks, started throwing them toward the boat. The little boys started crying harder, thinking he's trying to sink the boat. When in reality, he was throwing it just past the boat, creating ways that would bring the little boy, the little boat back to the reach of the little boys. Sometimes we don't understand, and we see all these rocks coming our way, all these troubles, but in reality, God's trying to use them to get us back closer to him once again. Amen? David's a classic example. When we stray away from God, it states Psalm 119, verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, since I've been afflicted, I have kept thy word. God has the ability, ability he knows our number. He knows everything we do. I don't know why we try to hide it, but we do, don't we? And he knows that, and he can send some trouble, some pain our way anytime he wants to. He sent that preacher to David and said to David, Thou art the man. <laughs> and what did it do? David got right with God from that time on, and later on he's called the apple of God's eye. I think of evangelist Tim Lee, the Marine without his legs. I had him at Emmanuel three, three or four times. Tim was running from God. And he stepped on a landmine in Vietnam and took his legs. He said, I stopped running that day. And he's become, he's become a great evangelist, great winner of souls, especially in the military. 
In these trials, we learn more about God and his word. Psalm 119, verse 71 says this, It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Why? That I might learn thy statutes, thy word, your law. It's not until we go through our dark valleys, our difficult experiences, it's that then we get to truly know and realize how wonderful our God truly is. In our trouble, it changes from, Lord, remove this trouble from me, to God, when this is all over, please allow me to be in position that I might stand up and say to the people, my God is a faithful God. And he was faithful to me through all of this. Thank you for my trouble. Psalm 119, verse 75, he says this, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. There then I know now. God, as I look back, I look at my troubles I've been through, and you've been faithful to me. If it had not been for you being there, God, I would not have made it. God says, now, I am that great God. I am faithful. And what I want you to do in your trials, I want you to trust in me. I want you to relax. I want you to be quiet and watch me work. And when you do that, other people stand back in awe. And when we do it God's way through our troubles, it speaks to other people to encourage their faith. You think of Abraham taking his son up on a mountain and offering his son with a knife in air. But he believed that God would have to resurrect him because he promised he, Isaac was his seed. Faith in God. And God stayed his hand. But we look at that and we say, what faith? Wow! But actually, somebody counted. Abraham had been tested concerning 25 other tests prior to that great test. And that tells me something. That tells me that you don't have great faith at the beginning or automatically. You go through it. And as you go through it, each time you go through it, you get stronger and stronger until you have a faith that can do seemingly the impossible. That happened to Stephen, by the way. Stephen being stoned by the Israelites, looking up into heaven, glow on his face, and he died. Some people say, well, what did his faith do? Didn't help anything, did it? But that faith was seen by somebody. That faith was seen by a character by the name of Saul of Tarsus. And it convicted him. It pricked his heart. And God saved Saul of Tarsus, who became the great Apostle Paul. Thank God for that. My question today is, I'm about done, are you in a difficulty? 
Are you in trouble right now? Are you struggling to keep faith to make sense of it? Hold on to God. Now, don't miss this. Don't look at your faith in your trouble. Look at his faithfulness. Amen? He and his word will be faithful to you. I'll give you another old one I've used. I love it. I love the movie, Black Hawk Down. How many of you seen that movie, Black Hawk Down? I'll never forget the scene. The vehicle stops for a soldier who's in the middle of the street. The vehicle, it's filled with wounded soldiers. The commanding officer says to the soldier in the street, street son, get up, get in here and drive. The soldier said, well, I, I can't drive, I've been shot. And the officer said, we've all been shot. We're all wounded, get in and drive. And you know, sometimes that's true in our life. How many have learned life is not always fair? As a matter of fact, most time it's never fair. Amen? We all get wounded. We all have a trouble one way or another. But our answer is to trust in the faithfulness of God. 1 Peter 5, 6 says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 10. But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, more matured, establish, strengthen, settle you. Rachel, come on up if you would at this time, okay? And I've asked her to sing an old favorite of mine. <clears throat> Hope it blesses you. But my whole point today was I just want to point people to Christ today. Just to point we who have been saved by the grace of God, we put our faith in the gospel. And from time to time, we need to just have an adjustment and remind ourselves we have a great God and he can be trusted. Rachel. Every word. 
So selfishly reaching out for what pleased me. Even then, God was faithful to me. Every time I come back to Thank you for this day, for us being able to get together and just to assemble, to fellowship, to be blessed by your truth. And what a privilege it is to be a child of God today. Thank you that we have a God like you that walks with us every step of the way. Encourages our people going through these trials and difficulties at this moment in their life. May they just look to you in faith. May they just relax, be quiet, and know that you come through for them if you if they will look to you so father thank you for memorial day what it means in jesus name and everybody said we hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast we would love to have you visit with us in person for more information please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512 
You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.